everyone. Thanks for joining us today for the Kansas Prevention Talks podcast. I'm Janelle, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Heather. Hello, everybody. We are a part of Wichita State University's Community Engagement Institute and the Kansas Prevention Collaborative. We are also joined by our fantastic producer, Michelle Edwards. Let us know if you're listening. Reach out to us at kpcteam at wichita.edu. Let us know what you want to hear on future episodes. We have a great guest today, but before we get to that, I want to share October's Prevention and Media. This month's Prevention and Media is an Emmy Award-winning show, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is about an American football coach who is hired to coach soccer in England. Season one provided a funny, feel-good show about an overly positive coach attempting to adapt to football culture in England. Season two, airing now on Apple Plus, shows a different side that dives deep into the mental health struggles of the players and the coaches. Ted struggles with the stigma of working on his own mental health and trauma while supporting his team. Check it out now on Apple Plus. And now it's time to hear from our guest. But don't forget to stick around after the interview to hear this month's Coalition Spotlight. Our guest this month is Franchon Francis. Franchon is the founder of Healing Your Almond. She is a licensed clinical mental health counselor and a certified trauma practitioner and trainer. She founded Healing Your Almond, a Wilmington, North Carolina-based consulting group in 2019. Utilizing her expertise in both trauma and emotional intelligence to help companies address employee stress and team efficiency. Franchon is known for her authentic leadership and engaging presentations. Franchon discovered her passion for mental health in 2019. Well, hello, Franchon. Thanks for joining us today. We are really excited to have you. How have you been? Good. I'm a little tired, a little talked out today, but I'm good. It's it's like this weird weather here where it's overcasty and the humidity is like decreased a little bit, which makes you, it tricks you into thinking you can breathe and that fall is coming but it's Mm -hmm. all lies. It's all lies. Yeah, it's fake. And you're on the East Coast. Yes. We'll meet to North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. I was going to say South Carolina. And then I was like, I don't know if that's right. So, okay. North Carolina. Um, Well, we had you on today because we heard about your organization, Healing Your Almond. And we want to know more about that um, and the work that you're doing. So can you just tell us first what you're talking about when you say healing your almond. Absolutely. So there's a little bit of brain science. Everybody kind of stick with me. I will be, I will be quick, but I, I, can't, I can't help myself because there's really no other way to explain I can't it. Wait to learn. I can't wait to learn. <laughs> when, if you draw a line through your eye and another line through your ear at the intersection of that line, so deep between your ears is the amygdala. And there's two of them and they are the size and the shape of an almond. So similar to you have two eyes, two ears, two amygdalae, which is like the singular way of saying it. And then the plural way of saying it is amygdala. So that refers to the pair. Um, And both of those words, I don't know how you feel, but I personally feel like they are intimidating. And I I specialize in this area of the brain, but I still feel like it's an intimidating word. So I like the word almond because it's just more accessible. Um, So the name of my company is Healing Your Almond because I'm referring to the amygdala. That's perfect. That's wonderful. And that is a great um, picture that you painted for us because I've, I've also, I mean, I've learned about brain science before, but I, I'm like, okay, amygdala, you're right. It's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. 
thinking about, okay, I have two almond sized things like, you know, in my, in my brain. That's so helpful. I loved it because I totally understood it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was picturing it out and I was like, oh, why couldn't my college teachers, why couldn't they say things easier like that? So I would totally connect it. <laughs> well, that's a big part. I'm glad to hear you say that because when I was thinking about creating my company, um, I was like, what, what do I do that I, that nobody else does that I just specialize in? And the answer I kept coming to was the amygdala. And I really was going to name my company like amygdala with Franchon or healing your amygdala or something, but amygdala and Franchon, like super intimidating words. So I'm like, okay, no, um, <laughs> it's really important to me that everybody feels like they can talk to me and that it's approachable and that they can understand the information. That's really what makes healing your almond different is I try to make sure that my audience can understand the words that I'm using. And neuroscience to me, even now, all the research I've done is super intimidating. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I have to read it again and read it again. Like I find myself reading it three and four times before I can really understand it. And then I have to talk to somebody else about it to even feel like I, I can utilize the information. So for Healing Your Almond, we do all that research for you. And then we bring it to you in like accessible words that other people can get and grasp on. Like really, everybody always says I give really tangible examples. So that's definitely helpful with brain science. Yeah. Can you give us a just a snippet of why the amygdala is important? Yes. So the amygdala is your state of the art alarm system. It is responsible for the fight, flight, freeze or fawn reaction. Mm -hmm. A lot of people for short say fight and flight, which is two of the responses that you can have as a result of stress, anxiety or trauma. But it's only two of the responses. There are actually four. So I always tell everybody it's fight, fight, freeze or fawn, which all have different meanings. But basically your amygdala is fully formed at birth. So when you come out of the womb, it's fully formed. And it tells you whether or not you were safe or not safe. And the way it does that is through the five senses, which is what you hear, see, smell, taste, and touch. I think a lot of people often hear about it as um, where the, the thumb and the palm and then mm -hmm. the four fingers closing over the thumb. And then when you are um, activated, your four fingers go up. That's how I've heard it. Right. And people use the term like your, your lid is flipped. Yes. Yeah. Flipping your lid. Yes. Flipping your lid. And I think that is a really good example, especially for young people because of the, the visual you just did with your hands. I know our listeners mm -hmm. can't see us, but right. <laughs> the visual that you can do with your hands really helps you to kind of wrap your mind around it and understand it. So I love that example. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, can you just going back just a minute, you said the fourth one is fawn. Yes. Can you tell, tell us what that is? Yeah. So Fawn, let's say somebody decided that um, a perpetrator came into my house and they were going to rob me like right now, right? Mm -hmm. So one of my responses might be to say, do you want some lemonade? Do you want some tea? Is there something I can do for oh. you? Can I help you? Yeah. And what I'm going to try to do is get them on my side and, and get them and take, try to take care of them and kind of fawn over them so that they will be less likely to hurt me. Oh, Wow. I, that makes so much sense. I mm -hmm. always tell myself that if something were to happen like that, I was going to try to like reason. I think that's like the social worker mm -hmm. in me or something of like, right. oh, I can talk to somebody and like reason with them, <laughs> which yeah. is, you know, not necessarily the case in, in most situations, but you know, it's possible. Yeah. So, so fawning is a, is a survival mechanism and it often shows up as people pleasing. 
it shows up as really poor boundaries. It shows up as not being able to say no. Mm-hmm. And those of us in the mental health field, I mean, I'm a licensed therapist, so I, you know, am very guilty of this. Have to work really hard to have boundaries and utilize the word no. And when I say no, mean no. And that's taken me a long time to get to that point. I'm pretty good at it these days, but it's taken several years. Yeah, definitely. Boundaries is just an ongoing yes, absolutely. work in progress. <laughs> For most of us, yes. Yes, yeah. It's a continual workout of the muscle of setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about um, sensory-based solutions? Absolutely. So the amygdala, the way it gets its input is through the five senses. And that reason is because the rest of your brain is not fully developed until age 23 to 25. So a lot of us like to communicate like we're communicating now verbally um, because that's something, and using our cognitive brain, because that's what we as adults are comfortable with and adults, you know, run the world, right? Mm-hmm. So we do things in the way that makes sense to us. The issue with that is that the amygdala is the age of an infant and the way it receives information is what you hear, see, smell, taste, and touch because that's the only way it can receive information because it's the age of an infant. So the thing that really is important for everyone to remember is no matter how old you are, you also have an infant in your brain. So those things are existing simultaneously, right? So I'm in my 30s. So 30-year-old me, 35-year-old me, 36-year-old me, and infant me are all existing, coexisting in different layers in my brain. So what happens is, is a lot of times we as society and adults really want to focus on that cognitive part. We really want to focus on saying the right thing, Mm -hmm. doing the right thing, right? There's all of the super focus on all these words and all these trainings. And I'm always like, you guys are exhausting me. And the reason I say that is because I'm like, are, do, do we feel safe? And nobody can, very rarely can people answer that question. They're mm-hmm. like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, do you feel safe right now? And they're like, well, yeah, I'm fine. I said, no, I didn't ask that. I didn't ask if you were okay. I didn't ask if you were fine. I said, do you feel safe right now? And they always like kind of pause and look at me like I'm a little crazy. And then I'm like, let me explain. And then when I go and explain, they're like, oh, okay. So then we talk about interventions and we talk about what kind of things Can you hear, see, smell, taste, touch that help your body to feel safe? Because your body and your amygdala are super close. Mm -hmm. Like they're kind of the same thing. Your brain is a couple levels above that. And there's a lot of synapses between the body, the amygdala, and the brain. And people kind of want to treat them all as one big thing. And that is just way oversimplifying it. Oh, my goodness. Hearing this. And thinking, thinking I know something when, and realizing I don't know anything. So I really have to ask because I feel like, huh, maybe I should look into more of this. Why did you start this organization? Because, well, I think I know, but why did you start your organization? Um, so honesty, as I'm, maybe you've caught on already early, but I'll just mm-hmm. go ahead and give you the warning. Um, I am insanely honest to sometimes a fault. Okay. So the reason I started an organization is because I was working in a very unhealthy work environment. Mm -hmm. Very, very unhealthy. Like it was very detrimental to my soul type unhealthy Um, because I had great coworkers that were all licensed individuals and cared for mental health and cared for helping people. And then I had an organization that did nothing but take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. And I literally went to management crying, like hysterical crying, not about me because I'm going to take care of me. Like I've, 
like I said, the boundary things I've been working on for over a decade, right? <laughs> so I have my boundaries in check. But my teammates to the offices to my left and to my right did not. And they were constantly coming to me feeling sad and feeling overwhelmed and not feeling valued when they were really good at what they did. And they still are. I'm friends with them. They're very good at what they do. So anyway, I went to management and I'm like, hey, you have a problem. You need to take care of your people. I'm here to help you do that. And they're like, yeah, no, we don't. We're not. We don't respect that. We don't want to listen to that. Like, do your job. Did they not know you? Uh, well, no. Darn it. They didn't. They do now. Um, <laughs> they did not know me <laughs> at the time. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then I just kind of started thinking about like, what can I do and how can I help? Um, and like I said, and I also have a business degree, right? So the thing I was thinking about is what is my unique value proposition? What is the thing that I bring to the table that other people don't, that other therapists don't, that other business consultants don't? And the thing I kept coming to was you're a trauma specialist. You're an excellent trauma specialist. You've went through your own trauma. You've helped countless people work through their trauma since 2007, mm-hmm. right? So then my thing was, let's go into work environments, not only community-based mental health, but corporate America, K through 12 schools, higher education schools, all these organizations that don't know this information that me and my privileged self do. And, I'm not, and I can say it in a way that makes sense to people. That was the, the feedback I kept getting is everyone's like, Franchon, mm-hmm. you can explain something to us in an hour and a half that somebody else has tried to do in six hours and we didn't get anything out of it. That, that is right there epitomizes what I was thinking in my head. Cause I'm like, just in the seven to eight minutes of us talking, some of the things you're saying are just like setting off all these light bulbs. And I'm like, I know why she started this organization because she can make things connect. It's clicking. Right. And she can explain it in terms that people can understand. Yes. That's, that's, that's really, I, that's really incredible that you're able to mm-hmm. uh, translate. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really give the tools because yeah. like I say, we've not even been talking that long and I'm like, wow, this is all making so much sense. And I supposedly knew some of this stuff before too. So this is crazy. So I, kudos to you for starting an organization that is, well, thank you. That does help people connect and, um, and bigger than just, you know, I, I think uh, working out into the corporations, that's going to have a bigger impact because, you know, even your story before where you were in a mental health facility mm-hmm. and could have helped. Absolutely. The peers immediately could have saved them lots of money. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm curious what the reaction from corporations has been um, to this material. Um, oh, my gosh. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's been amazing. That's great. I mean, my biggest client in terms of size wise is GE Aviation, which I'm sure, as you know, is an international company. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they're amazing. And when they heard me on the radio, an FM radio show, they called me like they called the DJ and they said, who is that woman? We need her phone number. And I thought to myself, why is GE calling me? Like, I did not get into this thinking that. I mean, I think I think I thought maybe eventually corporations would like care, right? Uh-huh. But in my head, they just didn't care, and I was very wrong, very very wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually do care. There's a lot of really healthy organ, well, organizations that are moving towards healthiness and don't know how to do it, right? There's a lot of people that are kind of taking advantage of that because they hear corporate America, they hear dollar signs, and they're not experts in their field. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, kind of, sort of, but not really because. You shouldn't say you can address mental health when like you have a certification in one sort of modality of alternate healing. Like that's not addressing mental health. 
that means you can provide a yoga class, which is super awesome. I love yoga. I love deep breathing. I think it's very powerful. The amygdala loves yoga. Like that is definitely a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Um, But to give really somebody a whole picture of what's going on, I think you need to have some expertise in brain science and being able to explain what happens in humans. And then also being able to have the experience of walking them through healing. The reason I love trauma so much is because it's healable. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm crazy because I get excited about trauma. Like I get called for the worst trauma cases like all over the world. And everyone's like, why are you happy to get this phone call right now? Like I'm literally in crisis and you're excited. And I'm like, I'm excited because it's healable. That is awesome. I would love to listen to you forever about this. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this is really great. And I know that um, just in this last two, almost two years, one and a half years of COVID, Mm -hmm. a lot of these issues have really risen to the top for corporations and nonprofits, mental health organizations, really any workforce, um, just the burnout and not feeling staff, not feeling like the leaders are listening, or maybe the leaders are uh, providing pizza parties or, you know, like something that they're attempting, but it's just not, not connecting, not the right thing that the staff needs. Right. Um, and I, I see that I just uh, saw something about here in Wichita. Um, the hospitals are bringing in traveling nurses and the traveling nurses are getting paid significantly higher than the nurses who are here local. And so that is causing the local nurses to just be really frustrated, right, understandably. Right, right. Um, and just that disconnection of not, not really understanding what is needed for the workforce Mm-hmm. And how taking care of them, learning about the brain science could really help productivity and all of that in the long run. Absolutely. And longevity. I think, you know, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of organizations come to me, you know, GE is, is an example, but there's other examples too. I work for a massage therapist um, spa mm-hmm. and she's like, I want my therapist to stay with me. I want them to retire with me. Yeah. And how many people in an industry like that, like a cosmetic industry or a spa industry where people aren't valued, do people say, well, I just want them to come and help build my business and make me money. Mm-hmm. Those kind of people don't call me and that's fine with right. me. I'm 110% right. fine not being solicited by those people. But people who are truly business owners and executives that are truly invested in their people and invested in keeping their people, invested in making sure their people have the best health possible, those are the organizations that seek me out. And they're like, oh, we've been looking for you. This is what we need. You know, like Mm -hmm. they have a list. Like it's so funny because I'm like, what am I going to sell them? And how am I going to convince them? You know, people teach you like you need to be able to pitch and you need to be able to do all these business terms. And I'm like, actually, what you need to be able to do is be an expert in your field and be authentic when you show up to the meeting. That's actually what you need to do. Yeah. Um, And that's what I do. I just show up and I'm like, what do you need? Tell me, give me your, give me all the things. Give me your laundry list. What do you need help with? And I literally write down pages and pages of information. And then I go back and I think about it. And I think about my experience and my team's experience. And I'm like, okay, here are the things that I can't help with. Mm -hmm. And it's usually not all three pages because I'm not superwoman, right? Contrary to proper (laughs) belief, I can't fix everything. My company can't fix everything. You're you're honest. Right. So company, and the thing is, the thing that's crazy is everyone's like, corporate America doesn't want that. And that's not true. Corporate America is changing. And yeah. corporate America appreciates honesty. The reason I know that is because they pay me. <laughs> like <laughs> they spend money with healing your almonds. So uh-huh. I, I'm a lot of things, but dishonest is not on the list. Like I can't help myself, right? So people really 
value keeping people and retention. You know, they understand that's their biggest asset and they want to take care of them. And a lot of times if they're not doing it, it's because they don't know how mm-hmm. and they don't know who to call to figure out how and or they're afraid to spend the money, right? Because there yeah. is money involved in figuring it out and then executing the plan. Yeah, that's amazing. That sounds like... um the type of partnership where you're listening, you're finding out what they need. And then do you go back and you work with the leadership or does it just depend on the organization, how that partnership looks? It depends on the organization. It depends. It really, that part does depend a lot of money and meaning how, yeah. how much money do you have to be able to mm-hmm. invest, right? How much time do we have? Like, do we understand this is going to take time? Um, some organizations let me do a bottom up approach, which I love, okay. which means I really prioritize the most people in the organization, which usually is like direct care workers or people on the floor, on the manufacturing floor, or people in the trucks driving the trucks. If I'm working for a Mm -hmm. trucker, you know, like it's whoever, it's like whoever the majority are is kind of who leads my work and making sure that I'm communicating with leadership. And then there are other people that like, we just don't have the money for that, but our leaders, we want them to have some of the skills you have. Can you teach them that? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it really just kind of depends on where that organization is and, you know, in their what I call transformation and what kind of um, investment they have that they can put forth. Yeah, that's awesome. And just for anybody listening, um, we will have her website linked in the show notes. So you'll be able to check that out. But I do want to shift gears just a little bit um, to maybe, I don't know whether to call it a side passion or your own um, self care. You can tell me what you refer to it as, but using art as a coping skill. Um, can you tell us about what you do with that? Yes, absolutely. So it started as a Christmas gift for my family, right? So we were in the pandemic. Okay. And my family, in my opinion, of course, it's I'm biased, but I feel like my family has most things, right? Like mm-hmm. for the most part, we have food, water, shelter, right? We have the basic yeah. things. We're very privileged in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, what do I get people? You know, like it's a pandemic. I'm not really into the mall. I'm not trying to support Amazon. Like <laughs> what's what's the plan? You know, like yeah. so every once in a while, every couple of years, I decide to make handmade gifts. And this year I decided to do um, buffaloes, which represents the uh, native side of my family, the Native American side oh, okay. of my family. Uh-huh. So we're from Standing Rock Reservation. Um, and with natives, buffaloes, uh, buffalo is a huge thing. It's a sacred, um, mm-hmm. sacred animal for us. So, and then I'm currently living in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is the heritage of the black side of my family okay. by the beach, because mm-hmm. we are one of the only families to still own beach property. One of the only black families to still own yeah. beach property. So I decided to make a buffalo that looked like an ocean, that looked like there was an ocean washing yeah. over it. And I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? Right. So there's like acrylic mm-hmm. paint, there's oil paint, which I'm not that great at. Um, and then I start going on Instagram and there's resin. And the cool thing about resin is resin is a chemical and it basically comes as liquid as two parts, part A and part B. And when you mix it, it then hardens into a plastic slash glass Mm. because it's Mm -hmm. clear like glass, but it's hard like plastic. Okay. So here's the key about why it's so successful for me. It takes 15 minutes once you mix it to when it cures. 15 minutes. So in that 15 minutes, you have to decide what color you're going to use, where it's going to go, what you're going to make it look like. All of the things have to be decided and executed in 15 minutes. And for me, as I'm sure you guys have caught on, I'm really into thinking. I'm really into brain science. I'm really into complex problem solving. 
And I was diving so far into Healing Your Almond, I was not getting a break from it because it's my company, it's my baby, it's my passion. It was finally a place where I feel like I could flourish, which is really all healthy and positive, but there is a such thing as too much. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there is a such thing as too much of a good thing. And I was experiencing that. I was getting too deep into it. So I'm like, all right, I need something to kind of bring me out. And when I started making these buffaloes for my family, I realized that that 15 minutes, I thought about nothing but mica powder, resin, and ocean waves. Yep. Um, and I listened to this really great music that was instrumental. And I'm like, okay, this is so much fun. Well, once my family got their gifts, I waited for everybody. Of course, everybody got them a little late. So it was like mid-January. So mid-January, I post pictures of it and people on Facebook are like, oh, can you make me this? Can you make me that? And people start putting in these custom orders. And then clicks in the business side of me and I'm like, okay, I can (laughs) at least cover my hobby, right? Because Uh resin is expensive, wood is expensive, like all of these materials are very expensive. And I'm like, I want to at least be able to cover my hobby, not necessarily make, you know, huge profit, but be able to pay for my hobby. And so far I've been able to. Um, and awesome. what it's done is it's helped my brain, to, a certain side of my brain to shut off and another side of my brain to really feel activated. So that really is awesome. That is so cool. Um, yeah. And it reminds me if, um, Heather, I'm sure you were thinking about this too, how you took, um, both sides of your heritage and your family and combined them in one. Um, a couple months ago, we had, a um, episode with Alexis from Aloha Glamour, which is Mm. a clothing company where she mixed Hawaiian and African prints together for her clothing. I bet those are beautiful. Yes, they are. And so um, a lot of that came from her own journey of, you know, figuring out where she came from, and then also um, some loss that she went through and how that was part of her healing journey to take um, both Hawaiian and African cultures and blend them together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds super healthy. Yeah. I, I wasn't really... So one thing you'll learn about me is everyone's like, oh, that's genius, Franchon. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't think of it <laughs> that. Like, I, I just do stuff that makes sense to me in the moment. Yeah. And then later on, I'm like, yeah, that was genius. Like healing your almond, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. It's yeah. kind of turning into a big deal. Like yeah, it, it is. <laughs> so, and it's kind of how I feel about like the fusion of my culture is that was really healing for me. And also to just say to my family, like, hey, we're both and mm-hmm. because because in the current climate, I think there's a lot of, well, are you black? Are you white? Are you native? Are you Asian? Are you this? Are you that? Like you got to pick a side. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a human. Yeah. Um, let's start there. Um, and then also I'm native and African and then also I'm a woman and then also I'm all these Mm -hmm. other things. Right. So it's like, I can be all of those things at once. Like abundance is a real thing. So, and just kind of giving myself permission and really, and just my family for the most part has already figured that out, but it was cool for us to kind of bond over that. And now we all have buffaloes when you go to our house. Like, that's awesome. yeah, that's really cool. Just I'm basking in all these complex and I think sometimes tough issues to talk about and it's just like so flowing and you're, I mean, you just, you say it's, it's simple the way you may, the way you're explaining everything you describe it. I'm like, Whoa, I can see pictures in my head <laughs> and it makes that. I mean, it makes such great sense. Yeah. 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 Um, I was just going to comment that I'm sure doing um, the resin art is also good for your senses and doing sensory based solutions and getting in touch with that. So that's, that's really awesome. 
Um, I am curious because we do have community coalitions that listen to this podcast. What advice would you give to a community that is interested in starting the work of healing almonds, of um, spreading just this trauma-informed resiliency? So I I would say, you know, obviously, if reaching out to me is an option, I would love that. Mm -hmm. But that's not an option for everybody. And I live in the real world. Um, So if you can reach out to Healing Your Almond, please do so. Um, Virtual is much less expensive than me coming in person. Although I traveled to Montana last week and I'm going to South Dakota next week. Um, So I do travel uh, countrywide and probably international soonish. But if that's not an option. Uh, start the conversation with yourself by asking yourself what makes you feel physically and emotionally safe and, and write it down. And this is a very private moment, right? Like let's not do Mm -hmm. it publicly. Let's not tell everybody about it. Let's not post it on social media. Take a minute to yourself and write down, here are the things, the people, places, senses that make me feel physically and emotionally safe. And once you've kind of, and, and just sit with that for a couple of days, right? And then once you feel like you have an understanding of what that means to be physically, emotionally safe for yourself, then bring that to your team, bring that to your coworker, your supervisor, your supervisee, whatever, the people around you, right? The people that you work most closely with, your family, you know, like whoever those people are and say, ask them the same question and ask them to kind of look at that and consider that maybe with you, maybe maybe give some time because a lot of times people say, well, this is your homework. You know, I have businesses that tell me my they would like me to listen to a podcast. And I'm like, um, I get paid for my expert opinion, not other people's expert opinion. I, I, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't have time for that. My brain is full enough. I just don't need to add. It's not that I don't respect other people. I think other people have a lot to bring to the table and please bring them to the table while I'm at the table, like, let's all sit and have a discussion. But for me to go have homework, like, that's not real life. Yeah. That's overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think for a lot of people, it's the same. So th- the gift that you can give is to do that in a, in a space. You know, so one of the things I would do is play some instrumental music and say, we're going to take 10, 15 minutes today during our staff meeting. And we're going to take a minute to really check in with ourselves and say, what makes me feel physically and emotionally safe? And just having that answer, just having the body listen to, the amygdala listen to, a lot of times will bring you some peace. Mm -hmm. And if people feel comfortable sharing, then let them share. If they don't feel comfortable sharing, don't. Healing your almond is very much what I call challenge by choice, right? So I can deal with, I have problems with my roommate in college to I had severe trauma as a child Mm -hmm. and anything in between, you know, and I'm always ready to do that, but I'm a trauma expert. So, of course, I'm ready to have those conversations. You as a leader, as a supervisor, you know, as a county commissioner, as the head therapist, whatever your title is, you may not be okay doing that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So don't go into all of that. Go into the resilient zone of what makes you feel physically, emotionally safe. If you get a lot of consistent answers, like, for example, a lot of people say music. So then my next question is, okay, cool. Do you play music in your office? What kind of music is it? Mm -hmm. Does everybody like it? Do you let people listen to headphones? Like, how are you helping them to provide that? Because you can do that without any money. Mm-hmm. That doesn't require any money. Buying a radio is, I mean, somebody probably has one they can donate to the office. Like, yeah. let's talk about what that can look like. You know, or some people will say, a lot of people say smells. One of my things, it's burning, so I can't show it, but listeners couldn't see it anyway. But right to my right is a candle. 
um, and it's black cherry Merlot. And I, you know, switch out my daytime sense and my nighttime sense because I deal with a lot of, now that I'm working from home, oftentimes trauma comes into my home, mm-hmm. which is a new experience for me. You know, for me, it was always trauma was left at the office. I came home, I took a shower, I washed that off. And then I, you know, interacted with other people. Now I got to figure out a way to keep my home safe. So maybe it's, does the workplace smell good? Do people feel act like, do you, is it chaotic? Do you walk into work and you notice all the mess first time? Like, what are the things that are going to help you to feel physically, emotionally safe? And can we adjust those as an organization for little to no money? Mm-hmm. And chances are there's usually some steps that you can take to help just adjust. And what that does is just a little bit, it brings down, down that tension, down that anxiety, and it helps people to function better. So that's something you can do just kind of to start the work is to start having conversations about safety. People hear trauma specialists and they get all stressed out because like, oh, I'm going to have to talk about the worst things that ever happened to me. And I'm always like, I'm down if that's what you want to talk about. Like, I'm always ready to have those conversations. But if you're not down, I'm not down. Like, if you don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I want to know what makes you feel safe because that's where we want to spend our time is in is in our resilient zone, in our safe zone. Love that. Such easy solutions to just get started with this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is just get started and start with you. My, my thing to all leaders, mm-hmm. to anybody, any, any adult, please start with you because you, you want to look externally. It's so easy for us to look at other people and say, well, this person would just did this, if this person just did that, but don't do that, you know, start with you and then try to include and incorporate, you know, other aspects and other people. I love that. Cause lots of times people, they are easy to identify what's wrong with somebody else. You know, <laughs> It's like, you don't even really know me to know what's potentially, but okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's because it's more comfortable. And I understand that, which is why I tell people Mm -hmm. like, spend some time by yourself, you know, like challenge by choice, spend some time by yourself so that you know the uncomfortableness before you start to do it. You know, I don't go into talking to anybody about trauma when I haven't done my own trauma work. I've been in therapy since I was in my twenties. I had therapy today. Yeah. You know, I have therapy every Tuesday for September because it's my birthday month and I really need to get some stuff done, you know, so I'm really working on it. Um, Love it. But I wouldn't ask somebody to walk a journey that I haven't walked. Now, granted, their journey is going to be different than mine, but I at least know that it's scary yeah. and I know that it's not a good time so I can empathize with that. Yeah. I love this. This is so fantastic. And I really hope that um, everyone goes to visit your website. It is healingyouralmond.com. And that, again, that'll be linked in our show notes. But Franchon, thank you so much Absolutely. for coming on today and sharing with us. This has been so fantastic. Yeah, I did that. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, and if anybody has any questions, I encourage your listeners to just comment. Like, feel mm-hmm. free to reach out to me, but also feel free to reach out to Janelle and Heather and say like, yep. hey, we want to know about this or we want more about this. Because what I've learned is, where there's one, there's two, there's four, there's five, right? So yes. if we have a lot of people that have the same question or need the same things, I'm happy to come Definitely. back and, you know, address those very specific things and kind of talk about things. I really liked conversations to be interactional and like mm-hmm. really meet the needs of people where they are, wherever that may be, because chances are wherever you are, I can kind of adjust my approach to go there. Definitely. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. This month's Coalition Spotlight, I'm sharing with our listeners the Coalition Live Well Finney County and the Finney County Health Coalition. The catchment is Finney County. They serve Garden City and Holcomb. 
Their mission, the Finney County Community Health Coalition works to improve the health, well-being, and safety of the people of Finney County by collaborating to build a better community. The brief history of the community of the coalition is the Finney County Community Health Coalition began in August of 2000. Throughout 21 years, various names were given to the group, but when the group applied and received their 501c3, Finney County Community Health Coalition was the name associated with the group. In the late 1900s, the group began using the tagline, Live Well, Finney County. The legal name of the agency is Finney County Community Health Coalition, but does business as Live Well, Finney County. The group began meeting after the monthly community service council meetings, and the coalition is working with the Dominicans, Catholic sisters, and they're very passionate and concerned about the teen pregnancy rates. When the coalition was asked what they were most proud of, the coalition was very proud of their part that they played in seeing that the T21 passed within their community and county. The group created supports within the coalition by sponsoring this initiative and made it much easier when it came time for that big ask. This has made a huge impact on youth prevention and has had an impact on the community. The coalition's ability to partner together and get everyone to the table for the benefit of the community is what they are most proud of. Partnerships like healthcare organizations working together for COVID vaccination and information sharing, and then partnerships like Opioid Task Force working together have also been a huge proud moment. They are most proud of over the last 21 years, people have changed in agencies and staff and the coalition, but the group continues to work collectively and for the greater good of this community. Ego and turf are left at the door. They have been part of the coalition since its exception, but not as a staff person. Callie Dyer has become the community director and is very most proud of working collaboratively and collectively with the community partners and is very excited to continue her work. To learn more about Prevention Talks Coalition Spotlight and the Finney County Community Health Coalition, please go to the KPC website at thekansaspreventioncollaborative.org. I ask our Prevention Talks listeners, please join us next month to learn all about another coalition in Kansas. Thank you for listening this month. We hope you found it to be a good use of your time and energy. We are always looking for other good topics for discussion. If you'd like to be a part of our podcast or know of a good topic you'd like to listen to, hit us up at kpcteam at wichita.edu. From myself and the rest of the Prevention Talks team, thank you for the incredible work you do for our state. Thanks for building up your community, problem-solving compassionately, and pouring the best of yourself into everything you do. Be kind to each other and be kind to yourself.